Why don't you like this? I'm Seb. And I'm Molly. And this is our podcast. When we first met, we thought we were basically the same person, united by a love of band camp and charity shops and odd socks and neutral milk hotel. But three years in, we've realised that we have just as many differences. And that's what this podcast is. Each episode, we'll be diving into a topic, exploring why one of us likes it, and, more importantly, asking the other... Why don't you like this? This episode is going to be about Arcade Fire, their place in indie music, the culture surrounding Arcade Fire, the kind of people who listen to Arcade Fire. Um, I actually prepared a bit for this episode. I asked on a Facebook group called Implying We Can Discuss Music. Um, I asked people for their opinions on Arcade Fire and three favourite songs from the first three albums because I think that's the era of Arcade Fire that really defines their greatness. Not that Reflector's not a good album but I don't count it among their core great albums. And I did say that I would shout out every single person who commented in the thread. So I'd like to thank Kirsty Dominguez, Danny Ashley Case, Terry Bogard, Gage Lamb in particular, who wrote a really thoughtful comment, who I'm going to be paraphrasing at some point, Hannah S. Mays, Dan Carhill, Noah Markwell, Mark Widdershins, Brendan Rogers, Jamie Robinson, Chris Murray, Corey Bablett, Freddie Scott Beach, Warwick Brown, Tristian West, Jen Eric Ting, Noah Byerly, Dylan Colin, Xavier Beardwood, Diogo Saldanha, Johnny Mayday Mayer, and Hannah J. Atkins Kellison. I'd also like to thank my friends Chloe and Holly, who both gave me their insight about Arcade Fire. What the, hell? <laughs> the weirdest group of people's names ever. Right, let's get into the episode. So what is it that you don't like about Arcade Fire? Is it their music or is it the people you think listen to their music? Okay, so going into this, a bit of back context. I thought Arcade Fire were modest mouths. <laughs> I was like, I we were listening to the music, I was like, where does Johnny Marr come in on this? I don't think even Johnny Marr was in Modest Mouth for very long, was it? No, only for one album cycle. I've seen Johnny Marr live. I have a very strong dislike for Johnny Marr. He's such a dickhead. Okay, but Johnny Marr is in no way related to Arcade Fire. Okay, so Seb showed me a picture of Arcade Fire. Yeah. And they look like middle-aged dads who have thought, Larry used to play a bit when he was a teenager. He used to play drums. And then, oh yeah, Bill used to play guitar. So, you know, we should start our own band. Well, they've been together almost 20 years at this point. Yeah, you can tell. They look like the middle age. So even if they were in their early 20s when the first album came out... Oh, uh, yeah, to be fair, that, that would make them, sense. you know, in their 40s at this point. Yeah, they're just goofy looking. But that's kind of the charm of indie music, isn't it? No, not really. Is that anyone can do it. You don't have to say yourself on looks. Okay, so my favourite band... At the beginning of this year, probably for a good five, six years, was Death Cab for Cutie. I was super into Death Cab for Cutie. My names on social media are to do with Death Cab for Cutie. You know, I just, I never saw them live until the beginning of this year. And obviously, they put out their album, Thank You for Today, and it was, I'm not going to say grade A garbage, but it wasn't much better than that. You convinced yourself that you liked it, though. I convinced myself that I liked it. I think in the same way 
that Miley Cyrus has put out a few songs recently and I've convinced myself that they're not as awful as they seem. Yeah. There is one or two that actually I, okay. I think if you exclude the Ghostface feature from Dreams, it's not a bad song. No, but the most I convinced myself that I like, but I, I don't really like it. Yeah. But anyway, we went to see Def Cab at the beginning of this year in Bristol. Which and is a long way from where we live. It's about a five-hour journey. And we had been driving around because we went to visit a few different places and we'd been driving around and we got caught in fucking traffic and it just was awful. Yeah. But we went to see them and obviously when you hype up a band for that long, you get really attached to Death Cab. They're my favourite band for like years. We saw them and they were just playing like all the songs that I didn't want to hear because I thought, you know, they're going to play some good songs... Maybe they'll play some stuff off their new album, but they'll play, like, a few good songs, but it won't just all be ones that they know that the audience have definitely heard. And then they were playing, like, I Will Follow You Into The Dark, and I was just, like, I was fucking... I was absolutely livid at this concert. I literally... I was annoyed at Seb for enjoying it because I was that annoyed at this concert. I felt guilty for enjoying it, but they played their songs. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, but I think when you put that much emphasis on a band... Yeah. Like, I big them up. I almost went to see them when I was doing my exams in secondary school. But I couldn't because it was on the day of one of my English exams, so I couldn't miss it. Do you think that if you'd gone at that age, you would have been less discerning and enjoyed it? Yeah, because I went to see Manchester Orchestra when I was the same age, and I remember really enjoying that. And then I went to see them at Reading, and it was just a shit time. But I think... Uh, what band are we talking about? Arcade Fire. I think Arcade Fire... I never heard of them before. You'd heard of them. I never heard of them. You have even say oh, Arcade Fire fans. No, I, that's because I thought Arcade Fire were Modest Mouse. But Modest Mouse are one of my favourite bands. And doesn't, you know this about me. Yeah, don't mean I have to like them. But anyway, let me just talk. Okay, okay go on. Oh my god. Because you've gotten very off track already. I know I've got enough track, okay? Okay, so Seb tells me Arcade Fire are Death Cab level of important in indie music. Yeah, they're top of the pantheon, or they were at least. Well, I never heard of them, and Death Cab were my favourite band, and I never heard of this other band, Arcade Fire. I would bet you now that if we were to go on Spotify... They would come up Arcade Fire has got significantly more streams and monthly listeners than Death Cab for Cutie has. Yeah, but what I'm saying is... I was never that into indie music in the way that Seb was where he knew the big bands. Like, the way I got into indie music was through... I was really big into, like, emo music, and then slowly I just kind of started to listen to stuff less heavy. I started to listen to, like, Jack's Mannequin, stuff like that. Panic at this guy I used to listen to, like, Pretty Odd. And then I kind of listen to Manchester Orchestra because they were kind of rock but they were also in that kind of genre and that's how I got into Death Cab but I was never super into what people pitch as like the indie bands you like the shins I'd never listened to th- you oh own, no you I own did listen CD I did listen to the shins a little bit before I met Seb granted it's not the best shins album but but it was like really cheap so I had heard of the shins 
And had you heard of the had, yeah, yeah, yeah's? N- not really. I'd heard of them. I had a friend who was really into indie music who kind of got me more involved in like Manchester Orchestra, Sigaros, stuff like that. And The Shins was one of her favourite bands as well. But she never talked about Arcade Fire. And I just never really heard of Arcade Fire. So I think I kind of assumed Arcade Fire and Modest Mouse were just kind of the same band. So was that your first real experience of listening to Arcade Fire just then? I think so, yeah. So um, we listened to the first three albums. Neighbourhood 1, Brackets Tunnels, Wake Up and Rebellion from Funeral. Uh, the Well and the Lighthouse... No Cars Go and My Body Is A Cage from Neon Bible. And then the title track, Month of May and We Used To Wait from The Suburbs. Yeah, okay. So the first album. Yeah. I was trying to sit very still and not give Seb any any emotion on my face. So I was hiding my face for some of it. Yeah. When we were listening to it. We listened to the first album. Yeah. It was alright. Yeah? It's pretty uninteresting music. But you didn't dislike it. It wasn't unpleasant to listen to, but there was nothing where it made me feel like I'd go out my way to listen to it. It felt like a lot of the indie music that I've ever heard before. It felt very... I don't know. It felt good for what it was. Yeah. But I wouldn't go past it being... I would say it was a good album. Yeah. Or the the songs that I heard were good. Like, they were interesting. I wasn't really listening to the lyrics. It could mean could be really good lyrics but I'm kind of zoning out but it was better than what I thought and I think when I found out that Johnny Marr wasn't in it I probably liked it a little bit more yeah not gonna lie so you did like the music on Funeral yeah it was okay you wouldn't necessarily choose to but it was very it was very non-offensive music I suppose I think they set the archetype for indie rock in the 2000s which I can see it sounded to me like a mixture between Fright and Rabbit and Death Cab for Cutie, which I guess Fright and Rabbit probably take a lot of their influences from there. But also, don't forget, they did it first. Not before I mean. Death Cab for Cutie, but, but before Death Cab for Cutie was working with that sound. Yeah, so I get that they were probably like the forefront at it. Just because they're at the forefront doesn't mean they're one of the best of it. Do you know what I mean? But could you understand someone considering that album to be part of the best of that genre? I guess because it's one of the first of that genre. Yeah, or the first to do it in the way that everyone else did it. Yeah. So you did like Funeral. What about Neon Bible? Neon Bible was absolute... I wouldn't say grade A horseshit, but I would say grade B. I mean, No Cars Go, that sound that could kind of fit onto Funeral. Oh, that one was actually okay. I'll give that one was fine. Yeah. That, My Body is a Cage, is the most ridiculous title for a song ever, and that actually offended me. What bothers you about it as a title? Such a stupid title. Oh, my my body, it's a cage. It's a cage to who I am inside. Yeah? What's wrong with that? (laughs) What isn't wrong with that? That That's the most pretentious thing I've ever heard. What's pretentious about it? What? My body is a cage and it needs to be let free. They're not saying that it needs to be let free. It's like the whole thing, my mind is a cage, (laughs) my my head is a cage and my brain just needs to be let free. I don't have time for it. He says, my body is a cage that keeps me from dancing with the one I love and my mind holds the key. Sounds like something I would post on my my Tumblr literally like eight years ago. It was 2007. 
So how many... So, yeah, literally. I Literally, eight years ago, I would be posting that. And it would have a picture of, like, a forest behind it. All right. You know that is pretentious. So I said that My Body is a Cage was one that my friend Chloe recommended to me as one to use as an example. Yeah. In fact, when we lived together, she would often just sort of hum that song in the background. She says of Arcade Fire, I find the juxtaposition in the tone of the lyrics. Lyrics can be positive, but the music can have a weird melancholy to it and vice versa. Wind's vocals also lend themselves to heavier tunes and lighter ones, which make the band very diverse within that genre. And the grandiose feeling of my body as a cage is evidence enough of that. The way that it slowly builds, it starts off so low-key. Boom, 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 boom. And then it just sort of erupts and just builds and builds. That's what is known in the music industry is when the bass drops. And bands have been doing that for years. But there's a tension to the song, which I think you could say was about a lot of their songs. There's that tension there. It's something, it's waiting to be let loose, and then it is let loose, and it's really satisfying, and it feels earned. No. Okay, so you didn't like My Body is a Cage. How about The Suburbs? So I'd say The Suburbs was a kind of, I'd say happy medium between Funeral and Neil Bible, but it wasn't that happy because it wasn't very good. No? It was better than Neil Bible, but that's not that hard, really, because that was not very good. But it wasn't as good as Funeral, like, it was alright. It had, I guess, a nicer tone to the whole album, like, it kind of felt a bit more put together than Neon Bible, but it didn't have that kind of sense of joy I felt from Funeral. Yeah, it's not as, like, it's a lot more melancholy to it. But I don't know, it didn't, yeah, it felt, it didn't feel as chirp, the first one felt more, like it had more energy to it. yeah. And then I'd say the first one felt en- like had energy. Neon Bible felt like it was trying to be deep. And Suburbs felt like it was kind of be a bit more chill. Suburbs kind of tells a story across its tracks. And I guess I'd have to listen yeah. to the whole thing to What about that. the second song from Suburbs that we listened to, Month of May? Because that's a loud rock song. I think that was the worst out of the three on that one. Did you not like it? No. What did you not like about it? I didn't like the fact that it was very rocky. Do you not think it suits them? Not really. No? No. I think that's what's good about the band, is that they have that diversity. They can do sweet, and they can do sort of blooming melodies, and they can do a loud... I like to put a disclaimer out. Just because a band can do it doesn't mean it's good. I think they do it well. Like, I could probably do darts doesn't mean I'm going to get a bullseye. Okay. <laughs> you know that. And what do you think of the last song, We Used to Wait? I think that was the better one on that album. Yeah, you like that one? I wouldn't say like, but I say no strong feelings on. Okay, so we established you don't actually hate the music of Arcade Fire. No. So the thing with the music is it's non-offensive to my ears. And I reckon if you came and did this with me five years ago, I'd probably be really into Arcade Fire. But I think because I'm into in, I was into into music a few years ago, and now I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily into any music at the moment. No, non nothing. You don't have a specific allegiance at the moment. No, I like pop is okay. What are, indie's okay. What are the main artists we're listening to at the moment? I'd say the main artists I would go out of my way to listen to. I listen to Kanye West in the car every day. Yeah. 
I listened to Lady Gaga, the Joanne album. Yeah. When I'm at home alone. Um, I used to listen to the Kesha Rainbow and Miley Cyrus Younger Now, like, literally every day. Yeah. And I used to really listen to that Shawn Mendes album. Yeah. Lizzo we've been listening to a lot recently as well. But I find now Lizzo is getting a bit dull and a bit tedious. Do you reckon? Yeah. We also quite follow, um, I, I guess, could they be considered sort of bedroom pop artists, sort of um, Rex Orange County? We follow. I don't know if we'd necessarily follow. Well, when there's a new Rex Orange County song, I would say, well, there's a new Rex Orange County song, we'd go out and listen to it. And we've listened to New House. And, Cha- and Chance the Rapper. Chance the Rapper, yeah. But I would say that I'm not invested in what they do. Like, I would never go see either of them. Yeah. Like, my attitude towards concerts and stuff now is there are very few that I would go to because I know that every time I go I put too much emphasis on it and because we live so far away from concerts it's about a five hour journey to get to any good ones and then it's a lot of commitment to go to concerts it's not just one day thing you have to book a few days off to go up there yeah so I've got to be fully committed to the band and I'd say the only band that we've seen in the past few years where they've actually like kind of lived up to expectations was when we saw Owen well, they they were oh. They're now Gabby's World. They're now Gabby's World. They used to be Eskimo. Yeah, they put on a good set. They put on a good set when we were in Brighton. But I suppose there's only so much you can expect from them, really. And I think one of the main reasons me and Seb got together, I was really into Tiny Desk at the time, like NPR Tiny Desk on YouTube. Yeah, and Bellows did one, and I thought it was like literally the best thing ever. And when me and Seb first started talking, I was like check out this tiny desk. And so it was like, it's really good. And then we kind of just bonded over the fact that we kind of like the same music. Yeah. So they have a special place in my heart. But I haven't got like any, I don't have any ties to any genre of music at the moment. Like a couple of years ago, we went to Enter the Road Festival with Seb and his mates and one of my mates. And I remember I was saying to Seb, Ben Gibber could easily headline, like, the garden stage or something. Yeah, I remember this argument. And Seb was like, no, I don't think he could. And my other friend was like, no, he couldn't. But she hadn't heard heard of him. Yeah. And it really... So Seb put forward the argument of, I don't think he could do it on his own, but I think Death Cab could do it. No, I think my argument was that if Ben Gibbard was performing at the festival, he should be headlining the second stage and not the main stage. Whereas I said Joanna Newsom did it, he could probably main stage. And I remember getting really upset when Seb said, oh, I don't think he could do it by himself on main stage. Because I was so connected to Def Cab that like anything anyone said about them like really annoyed me. Yeah. But I think that was the last real allegiance I had to music was Def Cab. Yeah. And that just kind of broke for me when I saw them and they were mediocre at best yeah and i think if i when i first got into death cab if i had listened to arcade fire and modest mouse i might have been into them yeah but i think that the ship sailed past that and i i was at a point where yeah i think if they came to it at a time when indie music was important in my life where i was at the age where things could come into what I was listening to and be really important to me, 
I feel like I probably would have a connection with those bands. But the more I listen to music, the more I don't just let shit music get into what I'm into. Like, I have the music that I like, Kanye, he's just, like, the best songwriter and stuff. Yeah, we both agree that he's... There's no one else on his level. Whereas with Arcade Fire, there's nothing that makes them stand out from any other indie band to me. They're not doing something interesting enough. I think what it is is that they're doing it just to the highest standard. I don't think there's anyone else performing that kind of music as flawlessly as they are. But they're not, because their new album was shit, apparently. Okay, yeah, their new album wasn't good. But in that three-album run... And yeah, granted, you didn't you like Neon Bible. But. but you could do that with Def Cab albums, and they'd still be pretty good. Yeah, but I think, I think the argument that a lot of people would make for Arcade Fire is that it's so well-constructed, so well-performed, so well-written, and so well-done that even if there are a lot of other things that sound like it, it's just at the top of the pile. I guess, but are they at the top of the pile now or were they at the top of the pile 15 years ago? They were at the top of the pile 15, and even 10 years ago, they were still at the top of the pile. But that they're not relevant to music anymore. They're, yeah, I mean, even indie music has moved on now. But, I don't know. So, um, you've used the phrase Arcade Fire fans before. Is that just you mistaking them for Modest Mouse? Let's not pretend that they're not the same fans that listen to Arcade okay. Fire, listen to Modest Mouth. Okay, though. so who do you think Arcade Fire fans are? What do you think an Arcade Fire fan is? Um, from the title, my, easily my favourite, any title I've ever heard, My Body is a Cage. <laughs> I think Arcade Fire fans are number one, pretentious. Number two, slightly idiotic. And number three, just boring. What do you think makes them pretentious? That whole song title, My Body Is A Cage. Yeah, but the fans didn't write that song. Yeah, but for people to say that's their favourite song... Yeah, it's a fan favourite. It's just... I just don't understand. It's the most uninterested song. I don't know. I think fans are almost the opposite of pretentious. They just like them earnestly because they're so good. No, they don't like them earnestly because they're so good. They like them because they were the originals, they were the OGs. This is why people are bigging them up. Just because you're an OG or something doesn't mean it's good. But, I mean, they're not the OG. They weren't the first band to do indie rock. But they were one to bring it to the mainstream. I suppose. But they weren't the only ones. But I think the difference is the music that I like now, other than Kanye, like, I remember when they were first, you know, starting up, like Miley Cyrus. I remember watching... Hannah Montana and stuff. Yeah. And I feel that connection to them because I've grown up with them and I've known them my whole life. Whereas I'm assuming when you were, like, nine years old, you weren't sat in your bedroom with the blinds closed, listening to RK Fire rocking backwards and forward in your hooded sweaters. But you haven't followed Miley Cyrus throughout her whole career. You haven't even heard anything from um, Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. And you don't know anything from the Bangers era, which is arguably her most popular era, or her most culturally relevant era. No, but I guess I knew her when she was first starting out, and then when she was doing all that weird, kind of experimental stuff. I remember when Wrecking Ball came out and stuff. Yeah. I just remembered that it was... I was just like, what the hell? But did you care about Miley Cyrus at that point? 
No, because I think I'd put off the fact that I liked Miley Cyrus because it was quite an embarrassing thing to be liking Miley yeah. Cyrus at that time. But, like, I remember when she started, whereas you wouldn't be able to remember when Arcade Fire started. And you talk about them as if you've been a fan from the start. It's in your blood to love Arcade Fire. You bleed Arcade Fire. But no, I, I, I can love Arcade Fire without having been there from the start because their music is that good. Whereas part of what you what's drawn you to Miley Cyrus is having been there from the start. It's not about her music being good all the time. And granted, if Younger Now wasn't a good album, you wouldn't care about her at all. No, I wouldn't. But part of it is her as a character, her as her storyline, I suppose. Whereas Arcade Fire, it's purely down to how great the music is. But I don't know, because I don't like the character of Miley Cyrus. I suppose. You you say all the time, oh, I love her. Yeah, I love her because that one album was so good. And I, I used to love her, but she's not the same person. She's not got that same authenticity that she had when she was first starting. And it was the same with Taylor Swift. I loved Taylor Swift when she was first starting, when she was a proper country musician. But Miley Cyrus, just over time, she's just lost that. And now she seems disingenuous about how she is. It seems like it's more of an act. I don't believe it because how can she go from doing younger now to doing like weird trap music? Yeah. Like there doesn't, it feels like she's just playing on what. I suppose it's just down to being one of the biggest pop artists in the world. Labels are going to have such a big hand in what you do. But I don't like the character Miley Cyrus. I like the music of that one and Miley Cyrus album. Yeah. Whereas with Arcade Fire, I don't see the appeal of their personalities because it looks to me like they don't have much. Yeah, because their personality isn't what people like about them. Yeah, but I'm saying they've got no personality and their music is subpar, if anything. You liked Funeral. Just because I liked three songs off one album does not mean... You probably liked the whole album. I would probably never listen to the whole album after this podcast. Okay, but for the people that do like it, it's just down to the quality of the music. But the quality isn't even very good. Like, I cannot remember anything that they were talking about, so it couldn't have been that good. Just the musicianship. The musicianship. I don't remember a single beat in any of that music that you played me. So if I went... And I was sat down, not on anything, listening to it just as it was. So if tomorrow I went... You wouldn't be able to place where you'd heard that before. I don't even know what song that was from. Okay. Or right. what album that was even from. It's weird that you've gone on a long tangent saying that you actually kind of liked some of their music. No, like... And now you're saying The thing that is, the music isn't bad. Just because music, music is good doesn't mean I'm going to remember it. Yeah. The amount of music I hear on a daily basis that I think, oh, that's all right. Like, I go into Superdrug and I listen to Superdrug radio and none of the music's actual music. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, this song is a tune. And I'm thinking, this isn't even a song. Superdrug has real music, doesn't it? Don't think so. I'm like, where the hell is this song from? And I'm like... How am I enjoying this? It's literally stock music. I could literally be an elevator and be like jamming to the music. Doesn't mean just because the music's good doesn't mean I'm not gonna re- I'm gonna remember it and like go on the internet and Google okay, it. Okay, but you can acknowledge that people find their music good. I think the music is good for what indie music is. 
But I would say indie music overall as a genre is very overrated at the moment. And this is me reviewing it with the head of... How into indie music was I? Yeah, we're still quite into indie music. We'll listen to Tokyo Please Club to fall asleep. Yeah, but I was super into indie music. How more, how often do we listen to Wax Hatchy? It's probably one of our most played records together. And that's... We only listen to Wax Hatchy when we're sleeping. You put the records on. I don't have any choice in what we play. I suppose. I would literally not put any music on. It's so, overall... In terms of the quality of the music, the music's alright. I'm not going to be annoyed at people for listening to the music because they think it's good. I'm just saying there's indie music out there that's got a more interesting sound. Okay. The quality of the music's good. Like, it flows and it's got interesting elements to it. But when it tries to go rock, it doesn't work because it's not a rock band. And when it tries to go too chilled out in suburbs... It just isn't as good as other music that is in that. Like, I think Funeral is just what they should have kept the sound sounding like. It would have gotten dull if they did it, even for a second album. It would have been less interesting. I don't know, because I think following up an album like Funeral, which is actually alright, with Neon Bible, is underselling themselves. I suppose. Okay, so we'll delve into more about the fans in the next part. Okay, so before the break, I think we were getting a bit muddled up. We were going back and forth. And I'm not going to lie to you, this is partly based on the fact that none of the songs have stuck with me remotely from listening to it. Apart from My Body is a Cage. But that song hasn't even stuck with me. I just remember thinking it's awful. So in the thread that I posted online, everyone that commented seemed earnest. Everyone just said, these are my three favourite songs. A lot of them were coming up multiple times. And people were just saying that the musicianship is great, that's why they like them. Which I think just shows that people just like them because they think they're good. And I think that's just the most pure version of liking something, without any context surrounding it. People just like them because they're good. Was it a lot of old... I can imagine it's got quite an older fan base. No, I'd say people around my age. So, my main concern about the fans is, if you've ever met Seb... There's no way you wouldn't say he's the most pretentious person you've ever met. And I'm not even meaning this in a mean way. Seb knows he's the most pretentious person, and I'm pretty sure he likes being called a hipster. No, I... You're smiling as you're talking, which suggests to me that you do enjoy being called a hipster, because you associate being a hipster with being a bit cool and underrated. And he loves that. He That is literally the description of Seb. Cool and underrated. I suppose I can come across as pretentious because I force myself to have opinions and I spend so much time thinking about what my opinions on things are that they've come out of my mouth really wordy. I'll end up with a dissertation-length argument for anything, regardless of how good it was or not. And it's really annoying. So, like, we literally just had an argument in the toilet because I said something about one of the new Black Mirror episodes and he goes, actually, what you just said was a bit simple. And I was like... What the fuck you just say? And we got into an argument because Seb said to me, I was stating what I thought an episode of Black Mirror was about. Seb goes, no, that's too simple. That's not what it's about. And then he came up with like this. And then I was like, well, then ex- explain to me what the episode's about. He's like, 
oh, I don't know, but it's more complicated than that. And then he came up with this weird analogy for it, which was kind of plucked out of thin air, which was a bit muddled and I didn't really understand what he was saying. Okay, but do you think I'm representative of Arcade Fire fans? Definitely. Do you think that's representative of all 2000s indie rock? Yeah, I'd say 2000s indie rock to me is what the hipsters were leeching onto. Because I remember I showed you a song the other day that I really liked by Andrew Bird called Fake Palindromes. You probably don't remember the song, but you probably remember me dancing around in the bathroom like yeah. you do it. And I said it just sounded like pure 2000s indie rock, the golden era for that genre. What and did you I said, say? Yeah, it sounds very dated. Yeah. I think just because something sounds dated doesn't mean it's not good. But I find the thing with indie fans is they're trying to make something better than it actually is. Like, when Thank You For Today came out, I was trying to make it better than it actually was. It's actually a shit album, but I was convincing myself it was good because it's a Death Cab album, obviously it's going to be good. And I think, I guess, my insecurities of being an indie fan where I was pretentious, because I was pretentious. If anyone asked me what my favourite band was, I would go, oh, you probably never heard of them. That's the kind of thing that... Yeah. Like, I would say that, and, like, I would try and go as far through band camp as I could to find, like, the most obscure things. And then I'd send it to Seb as well Yeah. a few years ago and be like, you heard of this band? You heard of the band Dads? And then Seb was like, yes. Yeah, I just happened to have heard of Dads before. They weren't a very good band, to be fair. Huh. They were incredibly The mediocre. babies were really good, though. Yeah, the babies were good. They got links with the band Woods as well. We Woods, to were, Woods were alright. Yeah, we li- that moving to the left. That's a great song. Yeah, I'd say that's one of my top ten I songs think, of all time. I think the thing with indie fans is, I think I have how I was as an indie fan. I kind of mirror that on to how other people are as indie fans. I grew up in Cornwall. I grew up in a in a school where no, like no one had heard of indie music. No one really had heard of emo music, so I was the first one to bring emo music to my secondary school. Literally no one had heard of it, and then all my mates were into it. Yeah. But you can imagine, down here, you yeah, don't meet no, many people. That's true, you yeah. never, I never saw anyone walking around with coloured hair when I was a teenager. Yeah, it's starting to change now. But... It's starting to change now. But So I was like that, and then I got into indie music, and then I was like, ugh, these people who like emo music, oh, it's so lame. Because obviously I'd been there years before and just been the one to kind of bring it. And then people got into it and I was just like, oh, idiots. And now I'm like that with indie music because I'm like, oh, but do you getting think... sick and tired of hearing about you finding people on Bandcamp. Do you not think that people can just like a music without That's it defining them though? Yeah, I guess they can because I don't reckon people put a strong impact the strong impact that we put on music. Yeah. Because our relationship, when we first got together, it was so music-based. To to this day, you're still saved in my phone as Molly Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, because we were really into Neutral Milk Hotel when we first got together. Yeah. I think it's hard for me to understand people can just enjoy music for being music and not enjoy the link between musician and bat, like, and music. Yeah. Like... When we saw Death Cab, it hurt me because Ben Gibbard wasn't the kind of guy I thought it was going to be. And that made the music seem shit, even though it wasn't. 
Do you think there's a connection between what you're saying and listening to music and partly enjoying it for the context of it? Not necessarily because of the artist, but say, say for example, sometimes I'll listen to The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, which is a very early hip-hop album. What book is Kanye mentioned it? Not even that, just because it is an early hip-hop album and it sounds like an early hip-hop album and it feels like you're listening to a part of history. Yeah, I think... I think it's hard, though, because, like, I don't want to be unfair on people. And, like, obviously people do like this music. But, it, to me, it's not got that je ne sais pas. Je ne sais... Was it? Je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> it doesn't have that feeling of a good, really good indie album. But then I'm trying to think, and, like, indie music all kind of sounds the same. Like, the big ones, they do sound very similar. Okay, let's go for a quick run-through. The Shins. Yeah, sound exactly like any more folksy... I guess it depends what when you're li- what album you're listening to, doesn't it? Let's say Wincing the Night Away is probably the one we listen to the most. That is, Australia a good, that is a good album, to be fair. Okay, The AAAs. Because they're a lot more punky. I never listened to the years. You like some of Karen O's work. I like Karen O's solo work. I like what she did on Where the Wild Things Are. And you quite like Crush songs as well. It's okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go far to say that I like yeah, it. Yeah, you wouldn't put it on without me. No, you it put on. on it all the time and I'm a bit like... Yeah. I'd rather, nice I'd rather listen to our wild, Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. When we've got a vinyl on. Yeah, I suppose. So the years, they're one that I just always thought was just overrated. Um, I mean... Same with the Flaming Lips. Yeah. I really just... They're just bands that I just cringe at when people say they like them. What about The National? The National, just a shit version of The Shins. They don't sound very similar. Mm, But they got the same vibe. I guess. They do have that same vibe. No, because they take themselves really seriously, whereas The Shins, I think... No, The Shins take themselves so seriously. No, they're kind of goofy. No, they're not goofy. Yeah, no, when we saw them live... it was hard to watch. James Mercer's a balding middle-aged man. Yeah, and, and he's always and so been a the guy from man. the na- national in a few years. Maybe he looks like a paedophile. Okay. He literally looks like a serial killer. All right, um, Bell and Sebastian. Oh, <laughs> literally one of the top bands that I really dislike. I did at one point in my life, I did actually like Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, I did like five so six changed? years ago. Changed the fact that I realised all their music was boring and just because they were in 500 Days of Summer soundtrack doesn't mean they're interesting. Were they? Probably. It seems like it. Yeah. Um, bright Eyes. That's it. That's where the good stuff you is. You like Bright Eyes. I do like Bright Eyes. Yeah. So what's the difference between Bright Eyes and, say, the AAS? It's one one guy, really, isn't it? Mm, I suppose, but musically. I don't know. In music, I enjoy the more depressing music. Yeah. Like, we used to listen to this group called, this group of musicians who belonged to the Epoch, which was Bellows, Eskimo, Told Slant, Small Wonder, stuff like that. Florist. Florist. And Seb's favourite from that was Florist. Yeah. Which, I don't think they're necessarily depressing. I'd say they've got... They're very... They're pop. They're poppy, but depressing as well. Yeah. They've got, like, that nice, sweet tone to their voice. Yeah. The sad pop, I could, yeah. could, could describe them as. Whereas my favourite was Tolslan. Yeah, Tolslan are quite a difficult listen. And Tolslan just literally wail and... Aggressively sad. Like, really sad. 
And, like, I really... I still love Tulsalan. I think, like, they're really good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're not good. I do like Tulsalan. But it is hard to listen to. Yeah. But I think with Bright Eyes, I enjoy how depressing. And Fevers and Mirrors. I remember watching the film... One of the film... Oh, what was it called? It had Nat Wolf in it. And I think it had Lily Collins in it. Um, oh, we got the Stuck in Love. Oh, Stuck in Love. And... The girl gives Nat Wolf a copy of Fevers and Mirrors and says, it's like looking into my soul or something. And I remember thinking, that's like looking into my soul. Because that album is literally me. And obviously it's not literally me. It's really depressing. But How do we feel about the new direction of indie music? Because the biggest name in indie music now is Mac DeMarco. Oh. And neither of us like Mac DeMarco. And Father John Misty, I guess. Yeah. Which I would say out of like... The pyramid of people that I really dislike in music. I'd say Mac DeMarco and Father John Misty at the top there. Yeah. Did we see part of both of their sets? No, um, we just saw Father John Misty. We just saw Father John he Misty. He was alright. It was, but it was so uninteresting. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with a lot of indie music. I just don't find it it's interesting. Like, Bright Eyes, Fevers and Mirrors... That has just got such an interesting tone to it. Yeah. It's such an album where you couldn't mistake it for anything else. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the thing with indie music is it's good to have that thing where you stand out above the rest because if you played me, you know, Arcade Fire and Modest Mouse, I wouldn't know which one was which. I think I could turn you around to Modest Mouse because I don't think you've given them a proper chance. And I think if I played you the classic I've listened albums, to Modest Mouse before. I think I could convince you. Because I'd say they're much sadder than... I'd say their early stuff is sadness on the level of Told Slant. Yeah, but I don't know if the fact that Johnny Marr was in it will... Yeah, but not early on in the 90s. Okay, so to sum up my feelings... Go on. And I know I've been a bit mismatched in this because, honestly, we listened to the album like less than an hour ago and I, I can barely remember... I'm trying to put it together in my mind, but I, like, can kind of remember things, but I just kind of can't. And, okay, so the fans of Arcade Fire, like, it's not... I don't have a problem with them. They can like whatever they like. I like whatever I like. And yeah. probably most of it, you wouldn't know, they wouldn't turn... They would turn their noses up at. But, to me, when a band's not got an album where it's so remarkable that... Even a person on a first listen can go, you know, that sounds like that's going to be their one big album. None of these albums sounded to me like they had that calling of that one album that everyone could tell that people should listen to that band. You're a lot more drawn to the songs on Funeral than the other two albums, though. Yeah, I was drawn to it, but it's like with Fevers and Mirrors, like the first time I listened to it, I remember thinking, wow, this is insane. Are there any other albums you got on that level? I'd in the say, airplane of the sea? yeah, in the aeroplane, give up. Yeah. When I first listened to give up, I was like, whoa, this is incredible. Are there any Def Cab releases that you've got on that level? I quite liked Codes and Keys, to be fair. Yeah, it's definitely not their classic. I know it's not their classic, but it's got some tunes on it. Yeah. I don't think there are many other ones that I would say on bad this... books. Ah, oh, bad books. Bad Books, any of their albums are pretty solid. Yeah. I'd say Manchester Orchestra, 
I'd say the first two Manchester Orchestra albums. The, the, the one with The Virgin. Yeah, I'm like a virgin oh, losing a child. That was such a good album. I remember listening to that when I was a teenager and thinking, this is really good. I think I prefer Mean Everything to Nothing. No, I definitely... My favourite song when I first met Seb was Elliot Smith. Between the Bars. Between the Bars and I Can Feel Hot One by Manchester Orchestra. That's from Mean Everything to Nothing. No, it's the title. No, it's the main one on... I don't know. The virgin, I'm, I'm a, like a virgin I'm 100 on this. Do you want me to check? Because yeah, I got the album. I know. I got both albums over there. Get the virgin one out. Ready to be proven wrong. Are you ready to be proven wrong? Oh, it's What's actually... track seven on Mean Everything to Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I am wrong. My favourite song is of Mean Everything to Nothing, but that isn't my favourite album. Because I'm like a virgin losing a child, has Coley strings, and I quite like Don't Let Them See You Cry, and... I like Walls at Night. Yeah, Walls at Night's pretty good. They're all bangers, to be fair. Yeah. Those two albums are like... We never listen to them. No, because they're quite... They are really depressing. Yeah, they're never mood... They're not mood albums. Like, I would probably start crying if I listened to either of them. Yeah. That's all I used to do when I listened to those two albums. So, let's sort of bring this in. Um, firstly, Arcade Fire and Not Modest Mouse and Johnny Marr was never in Arcade Fire. And their music is... It's good quality for what it is. But I feel like they're lacking that that thing that makes them stand up above the rest. But do you understand other people seeing seeing something in their music? But I don't. If you were to tell me what you saw, what do you see in Funeral? I just think the musicianship, the way the songs are written, is nothing as good as it by anyone else. I don't think I could get the same thing I get from Funeral from anything else. But I'd say Tokyo Police Club are better than that. But there, it's just a completely different feeling I get from Tokyo Police Club. Yeah, I get... Like, I'm not going to lie and say, you know, I hated every second of it because I didn't, like... You know, you could probably play it for me and I'd think... I mean, other than that fucking Cage song. Like, I could, you could probably play it and I wouldn't bat an eyelid. Yeah. Which is different to how I went into it because I thought I was going to absolutely hate it. Yeah. Like, it is good quality for what it is and I think if I listened to it... Years ago, I'd be really into them and I'd probably hold the same kind of feeling yeah. close to my chest as a lot of people do. But also, I just wasn't into them. And it's not a bad thing that I don't enjoy them. Like, the music itself is good. Like, it's obviously got talent to make music to that quality. Like, I can tell it's a good quality of music. Yeah. I just don't... It doesn't stand out for me from the rest. But it does for other people. But yeah, but then I'm sure Manchester Orchestra, some people probably think, oh, it just sounds all the same. Yeah, just sad beardy man crying. Which is all indie music. Um, so yeah, so you don't dislike the music. The fans it are It doesn't right. necessarily stand out for you, but you understand why people like it. And fans are earnest in their liking of it. Yeah, I think the only thing that I don't like about people is when they like something because... It's one of the biggest indie bands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of person who doesn't really like it, but they say they like it because it's just Because they want to the look thing. like someone that listens to indie music. Yeah, like Arcade Fire is completely different to my feelings on Mac DeMarco fans. Okay. They're not bad people. They're normal people. They're all right. So I feel like... I feel like of... they'd probably beat me up if I saw them in person, but... So it's kind of a win for me. 
I feel like I've won you round on Arcade Fire. To be fair, you show me stuff and I hate it at first. Like, that's the easy life, that one easy life song. Yeah, the only good easy life song. And I thought, it's actually okay. I wouldn't go to the point where I say I really like it, but it's alright. Yeah. And they are alright, and the fans are fine. Like, they're just fans of, like, anything else. It's okay to be a fan of something, and it's okay for me to not like it to the extent where people do. Yeah. Cool. Cool, so that kind of, I guess that wraps that up. You don't hate Arcade Fire. I can probably win you around on Modest Mouse. Maybe we'll do an episode on that. Um, next episode is your choice. What are you going to choose? So it's going to be kind of in that feeling of what I used to, what kind of things I used to listen to when I was a, a sad dad, when I was sitting alone Reblogging stuff on my Tumblr, which had 800 followers. Pretty sick. This is something that I used to listen to. I used to listen... I'm going to give you a clue. So, it's someone who used to write a lot of spoken word poetry, and then they kind of came into the music world. Transitioned into rap music. Yeah. I was, I was really big into spoken word poetry, as everyone is as a 16 year old yeah but this was like him also like shank cozen or whatever his name fucking name is that mark guy or whatever his name is you know the beardy one i don't i don't really know i don't really follow spoken words i don't know if his name's mark i probably made that up but like he was in that vibe and seb doesn't like him or i think there'll be a conversation about cultural appropriation coming up I'm assuming we could probably talk a bit about Eminem as well in that one. Recovery is the best rap album of all time. I do not stand by this statement whatsoever. (laughs) Quoted Seb 2018. (laughs) Next episode is a spoken word artist turned rapper. I guess we will catch you next time, fellow people. Au revoir. Adios, amigos. And keep counting.